just said, I was blind, but today, now I see. We don't need the light to see. We don't need these, these natural lights. We have spiritual eyes that can see into another realm, amen? Let's sing that third verse. When at last in his presence, I stand above. That's what we're looking forward to. 
When at last in his presence I stand above, he will wipe every tear from my eye. I thank him giving me song, Welcome Holy Spirit, as we change the order of the service and go to prayer. Just have a testimony even before we go to the song. I just wanted to say this testimony just to give us a little bit of faith. The Gandhis have written a uh, prayer, a testimony, and it says, We want to give thanks to our Lord for his healing touch. We experienced our first interrupted sleep, uninterrupted sleep, from coughing in over one month after prayer on Sunday. Thank you to all who have held us up in prayer. For the mic and sister Debbie Gunning. Thank the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Let's just welcome in now. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Oh, welcome, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. We are in your presence. Oh, and fill us with your power. Oh, live inside me. Oh, welcome.
prayer request here. We have a prayer request from Sister Michelle Livesey for the victory. If we'll ask you to come and open the service in a word of prayer. She's requesting prayer for her friends, brother and sister Van Ord in Holland. They're both very ill. Brother Peter especially needs a touch from the Lord. Uh, Brother Richard has a prayer request here for Sister Barb. He says, please continue to remember Sister Barb Drake's recovery as she recovers from this COVID and different things. Victor, if you'd come. When you're the living water Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, to offer our praise and worship to you, Lord. Heavenly Father, we've come into your presence tonight, Lord Jesus, to lay aside the cares of the day, the cares of the week, the month, the year. Lord Jesus, to look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. For you, O Lord, are the most important thing, Lord Jesus. Father, you are our everything, O God. You are the main thing, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, we lift your name on high tonight, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We give you glory for all that you've done. For, Lord, you've been good to us, Lord. You've been more than good to us, Father. You've been a strength to us. Father, you've been peace to us. You've been a comforter, Lord. You've been ever-present help in the time of trouble, Lord Jesus. Father, when it seemed like things were going wrong, you were there, Lord God. Father, when it seemed like all was lost, you were present, Father. Lord, when it seemed, O God, that our life was gone, you are the raiser of our hands, the lifter of our hands, O God. When our knees were feeble, Lord, you gave us strength once more to fall upon our knees to worship you, O God. For the weakest Christian on his knees makes the demons tremble. And so, Father, we come before you to give you praise and glory. For you are the mighty God, Father. You're the one present amongst us tonight, Lord, to meet every need in divine presence. Lord, as the man of God comes behind the sacred desk to minister your word, Father, may power go forth, Lord. May faith be raised up in the hearts of the people to lay hold of the promises of God, to receive all that they have need of, Father. Father, we bring before you this need, Lord Jesus. I did not hear all of them. But, Father, I remember Sister Livesey, Lord. She's put down her request. Lord, remember her, Father, Lord. Lord, you said in your word that if ask anything in my name, believe it, and I will do it, Father. You said if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will. And so, Father, we're abiding in you tonight, Father. We've received your word, and your word dwells within our hearts. And when we speak, we speak your word. And, Father, your prophet said it's the same as Jesus speaking. And so, Father, when we put that word upon our lips tonight by faith, Lord Jesus, you are obligated, O God, to move upon our needs. Father, for your people tonight, Lord, I'm sure there's many requests, many needs, Father Lord, perhaps family members. 
Lord, sick ones, Lord, we want to lift up before you, Lord, our precious brother Henry. Lord, we've been praying for him, but Lord, we're expecting, Father, for you to raise him up, Father, from that bed of affliction, oh God. We pray even now that the angel of the Lord that is present here tonight, we feel the wings of the angels of God declaring the presence of God. And Father, we pray that the mighty angel will visit his room tonight, Lord Jesus. Slip into that room, Father, perhaps, Lord, there's COVID rules saying, oh God, he can't come in, Father, without a mask or without, uh, unless you've been vaccinated. But Father, may the angel of God slip through the walls tonight, Father. Slip into that room, oh God, and meet Brother Henry wherever he might be. Place your hand of strength upon him, oh God. Give him divine energy in his body, Lord. Father, may he confess, oh God, that you are the God that is our strength. For the joy of the Lord is our strength, Father. Lord, if there's any sick amongst us tonight, Lord, may they walk out whole. Father, if there's any bound tonight, Father, may they walk out free. If there's any confused tonight, Lord, may they walk out with the answer. Father, if there's any, oh God, tonight that is battling any oppression, battling any tormenting demons. Father, will you've given us your word that said, whatsoever things you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and we bind every tormenting demon tonight that your people will be free that your people will worship in liberty and freedom the presence of almighty god father there'll be no restrictions father there'll be no hold back oh god but people will be free in the presence of the living god to pull upon the word that the minister will minister and be free oh god Lord, we've come to give you praise. We've not come for another church service. Lord, we haven't come here to put our name on a book, to put in any time. We've come here, oh God, to give you praise and to give you glory. And we pray, Lord, that as we depart from the service tonight, that we can say to one another that our hearts burn within us as we were in the presence of the living God. Father, may the waves of the Holy Spirit pass through the church tonight, Father. May the presence of the living God go through every aisle, go through every door, every corridor. Father God, in the nursery, in the washrooms, may the presence of the living God meet every need, Father, every hidden need, Lord, in the heart, Lord Jesus, perhaps not mentioned upon the lips, but Father, may the power of the living God through the word of God go forth, Lord, every crack in every corner in this church. Father, may every need be met tonight, Father, and may we hear testimony of the mighty God before us once again, Father. Lord, did we serve a living God we serve a living God and Lord you are present here tonight as you were in the prophet's ministry and so Lord we can lay hold of your word tonight Father move in a mighty way Father may this prayer go forth oh God now and may it take wings Father to the throne of grace and may you descend upon us tonight Father and meet every need and divine presence oh God we pray strengthen the man of God anoint his lips take the man out of the way take his thoughts his words Father God, it may be directly from the throne of God, Father. Man has laid himself aside, oh God. Prophet said, oh God, the greatest gift is to get himself out the way, Lord. So we pray that the gift of God will be on display tonight, Lord. Take our brother, Lord, and minister to our souls. We've come hungry, Lord. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Let the weak say that I am strong love when you can uh, look past the veil of flesh and see God. Brother Victor said something the other night at a uh, prayer meeting and he said, let, the, let, let us pray as if it's our last prayer. Tonight I want to encourage us all. Let us pray. Let us sing. Let us worship if it's our last service. If they come to close the doors tomorrow, what, where does that leave us? 
But let us give us give it everything tonight. Amen. Oh, and let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the blind say I can see what the Lord has done. One more time, let the weak. love story. So I'm casting all my cares and you will start with the verse. I just invite Brother Michael to come and bring the word. Ready to receive tonight? Your ears unstopped, ready to hear? Have you been clothed in the word already? Amen. It's another opportunity. Sing verse one, I left the barren land. I left the barren land searching for rest lay ground in amnesia and distress but then I met the kinsman redeemer whose call the mighty one he took this old bovine from the field and bring me to his house he said fear not my child 
cast our cares on somebody that can take them. You know, you can cast all your burdens on somebody. You can unload your, your problems and all in the person. Like, oh my goodness. I just can't take it all. But he can take every bit of it. Amen. You can unload your burdens on him, Abraham. You can just say, Lord, this is my need tonight. This is my care. This is my worry. He said, I'll just take it all. Cast it on me tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, in about a week and a bit, we have camp already. Think of that. My goodness. It's been two years since we've had a winter camp. Two years. Wow. And to think that we almost didn't have that winter camp is also, thank you, Lord, for our pastor who said, mm-mm, we're having one. <laughs> so, but here we are two years later, still standing, and we're ready for the Lord to do a mighty work. And this really meet us in a special way. But we're having a pre-camp service next Wednesday because Brother Andrew Glover is going to preach here next Wednesday. So, amen, we're going to just, I wouldn't say don't pull too hard, but uh, leave a little bit for camp, huh? <laughs> amen. So in lieu, just as in prep for that, um, there's just a couple little pieces. We will have a counselor's meeting this Sunday, and you will be receiving an email soon about that. Those that will, counselors will need you there. And so just expect uh, those that do get an email, we will meet in the back in the chapel there. Um, on rides, I do want to just make a little announcement just about carpooling when we go down, because it's not as simple as it used to be uh, two years ago. And uh, so those that are, I haven't heard any, but if you have an issue with driving down there, we need to know who would have some space and if you're needing a ride down, because maybe parents can't drive uh, down to the state side and, and also on the way back uh, so that, uh, you know, someone isn't stranded and, uh, and can't get back because a parent can't come and pick them up on the Sunday. So we do need to be aware. And so if you don't have a ride, and you need one, please call the office and let us know. And then uh, if you do have actually space in your car when you're going down and coming back, if you could let us know at the office as well. And uh, saying that, those that would be maybe calling saying, I need a ride, make sure you're self-sufficient and self-sustained on your device and your arrive can and all of that. The, the driver is not going to be loading you on their app and uh, if you have no clue what I'm saying, then you really need to call the office because you'll be in trouble crossing the border. So if you've never crossed the border and you have no clue about Arrive Canada, it's your first time to do that for this camp as such, please do call us at the office and we'll give you a, a real good rundown of what, what you need to do because it's a serious business there, <laughs> really serious business at the border. So we want to make sure that we're, you, you have the information you need, all right? So there's that there. I think I'll just leave it at that. Amen. Well, let's turn to our Bibles this morning, this evening, <laughs> this morning. That's a funny joke. <laughs> Thank you, musicians. We're going to turn to Deuteronomy 31. I'm just going to take a little bit of a, maybe a part two per se of the last service we spoke and, uh, just take a maybe a bit of a different direction, but a stepping off. And we preached last time on battle for, battle for truth. Amen. And we said the battle was still raging, and it still is even today. Right. And we left this, left off the service, uh, just ending with with Elijah and the showdown there at Mount Carmel. And uh, but we'll, so we'll maybe just read that scripture thereafter. But we'll just uh, just open with Deuteronomy thirty one and twenty two. 
to see everybody tonight. Wednesday night, we are having a baptismal service on Sunday. Amen. So if you're feeling a tug in your heart, there's water in the tank. And there will be someone baptizing. Amen. Glory. That's not a small thing for the Lord to move upon a heart of somebody. That's a, that's, that's a big deal. Even in this day and hour, truth can prick someone's heart. Say, you know what? I want to give my heart to the Lord. That's an amazing thing. I'm so thankful for that. Deuteronomy 23 and 20, or sorry, 31 and 22. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it to the children of Israel. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, be strong and of good courage. For thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. Amen. I'll just note there, be of good courage is what he was told, but it was a charge. It was pretty forceful. It wasn't just like maybe think about it. It was a charge. All right? And this wasn't, this was God speaking through Moses. Now maybe turn over to First Kings just to refresh our mind a little bit. 18 and 20. That was a chapter where Elijah was a show down there at Mount Carmel. And that in verse 20, I'll just, just to kind of bring it back where we were, Ahab sent unto the children of Israel in verse 20 there, chapter 18, gathered all the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long halt ye between two opinions? Amen. We talked about truth and false. And if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. My, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful we have a place to gather tonight. So cognizant, Lord, that it wasn't this way just a few months back. Lord, I think of the brothers and sisters in China. It's not this way. Lord, they're doing many different things that I I wouldn't even mention, Lord, over a pulpit. But Lord, would you go to the believers in China right now? Here we can enjoy each other's fellowship. We can sing the songs of Zion. Lord, we can open your word and you can speak to us, Lord, through it. And Lord, our brothers and sisters, Lord, are, are battling and Suffering, Lord, in a different situation. Lord, would you give them, Lord, just a supernatural outpouring of strength and grace and mercy, Lord. For, Lord, we're a body. And when they suffer, we suffer. And so we lift them up before you, Lord. That you would, Lord, be so near and special to them. Tonight, would you be the same to us? Lord, would you meet our needs, the cry of our heart, as we sang this song, casting all our cares upon you. Lord, may no one hold their cares back. And Lord, hold them into their heart and just, Lord, not mention them, Lord. You are the great burden bearer. And Lord, may they, may you just express to them, you say, I can take your burden tonight. Lay it at my feet. Lord, if you could be that near, that personal tonight, we would be so grateful for that, Lord, we pray. Break your word. Open it, Lord, to our not just our natural human ears, but Lord, our spiritual ears and eyes, that they would be open to see and receive what you'd have to speak to us, Lord. 
We yield ourselves to you now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to just speak a little bit on, as I said, the battle for truth, but I want to take just a bit of a subject or an offshoot of it, and I want to speak about men and women of courage. Men and women of courage is because in a battle, <laughs> if you're lacking thereof in courage, you might as well just stay off the battlefield. Because that's probably one of the particular things you need fighting. You need some serious courage as you come against a foe. And so I just want to speak about courage in our day and, and, uh, and, and the need for it and what it is a little bit. But I can imagine that Elijah, when he went up there at the showdown there on Mount Carmel, you know, we can just read over and kind of glaze over the scripture or read it for just the, you know, the, the text. But, you know, when you really get into the story, I can imagine that Elijah, as he walked, he was all alone as he walked up that hill in preparation. I can, I would imagine and believe the Lord had shown him already what was happening as he was a prophet. I'm sure he was going there with full confidence of what the Lord was going to do and not wondering what was happening. But that would have taken, I would, even in that, he would have been filled with some serious courage. Knowing God was going before him, and here he was, a one-man battle against all of Baal and all their priests and such. And I just marvel, I mar- you know, marvel here. We couldn't put ourselves in Elijah's sandals and recognize what you know what those positions took. You even think of Brother Branham and the different ones and the uh, what they went through. We look at the, at the ministry of each each uh, that they have, and you say, "Wow, what it would be to be Elijah or Brother Branham or whichever." But what a sacrifice! The toll that they took, they needed courage to bear the weight of that ministry, to bear the weight of that burden. And, uh, you know, so we were just speaking last service. And there's a, there's, we, we talked about a battle. And yes, there's I, different ideas of man. We talked about truth and we talked about relativity and truth. And, uh, but, you know, uh, it's good to, it might be good to isolate that and recognize it. But which side are you fighting on? Which side tonight are you fighting on? You, you, you've seen it. We spoke about it last service. But I want to know whose truth are you fighting for? And are you really willing to fight for the truth that you're, you're standing for? You, know, you, you answer your own question. Who, 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 am I standing for God's truth or some idea of my own? And is my own idea really worth standing for and fighting, fighting for? Because you... I would really... If I was fighting in a battle, I really want to know what I was standing for, that it was worth the cost that I was willing to give. It was, if I was in war and I was fighting, I'd want to know that the, the, what I'm fighting for value was really equal to my life because that's what I'm willing to lay down, right? And so to, the warriors that fight, to do that, you must have courage to do that. And courage is, is a mental or moral strength to venture or to persevere and to withstand danger or fear or difficulty. Courage is daring, or it's daringness, or dauntlessness, gallantry, it's guts, it's gutsiness, hardy, hardyhood, as they, as it says, heart and heroism, intestinal fortitude. Somewhere deep down, inside. It's moxie, it's nerve, it's prowess, it's stoutness, it's valor, and it's virtue. Those are all aspects. Of courage. So courage, to venture, persevere through difficulty, something that's super hard, something that's, you know, very, very difficult or, you know, something to manage or overcome is just beyond maybe the, your, your ability. And so you're having to dig down deep into some, some of the realm 
That's would take in many cases some courage. You know, we're, we're as humans, we're a little bit averse to difficulty. <laughs> we don't really like difficulty, do we? No, we don't. Say it what it is. Humans don't like it. They want the easy way. That's just natural to mankind. You're going to find the easiest way. And so courage is a trait that pushes someone beyond or into the beyond the realm of just easy. It's an inner strength that you draw down on something that shows you. And when there's something difficult, it pushes you past, you know, into that realm. And you can go beyond just the status quo. It's when you pull up and pull, pull in some inner realm of courage. Now, it has nothing to do with your, your physical biceps. You know, or your, your pectorials or your ab muscles. It's not, it's not based on your physical strength, right? Your hamstrings or anything of that. How fast you can run, how far you can throw, how many chin-ups you can do. It just doesn't really matter. Courage goes beyond that realm. So you say, well, I'm not, I'm not a muscle-bound guy and not a girl. Hopefully not. But, uh, it doesn't really matter. Courage is for, it goes beyond that realm. And so it's, it's a mental realm. It's a, it's a different realm. It, it's, and as we go into a spiritual realm, you know, if you think about sometimes our limits, you say, well, that's too difficult for me. I can't go, I can't really go beyond that. You know, the Navy SEALs, they have a 40% rule or, or kind of rule of thumb. And they say you, your max is really 40% of what you can do. Really? Yeah. It's all up here. It's really all up here. Our, we, we think our bodies tap out, but it's really actually our bodies have it in us. Physically, it's just our mental capacity stops us and says it's game over. It ain't going to happen there. And a fellow was talking about it, and he, he had a Navy SEAL come to his house, and they were talking about this issue. And he says, you know, how do you do this? How do you push past, you know, past the, the into that realm of difficult? And, and they said, well, you know, he says, get, he, they did some chin-ups. He says, give me eight, you know, give me some chin-ups, as many as you can do. And he, he, he squeaked out eight chin-ups. <laughs> Well, okay, he, he, he mustered up eight chin-ups. <laughs> and I said, okay, good for you. <laughs> so now he goes, do some more. And he put out six chin-ups. All right, he said, do it again. Three chin-ups, you know. He's like, couldn't do it anymore. Not even one more. His arms were noodles and it was just over. So he had, you know... 17 chin-ups in total or so, you know, if you add it up, right? And, uh, but what happened, and so then the seal said, all right, now give me a hundred more. <laughs> it's like, not happening. It's just not, it's just not there. This said it wasn't there, but actually one by one, he did a hundred more. One at a time. One at a time. And he squeaked out. Not just squeaked. That's like blew out. A hundred more. And so his body actually had the ability to do it. It was just a mental limit that wouldn't let him get past it. Right? And so you can, might feel like, well, I don't really have what it takes. I, I'm feeling weak and I'm, I'm feeling tired or I'm, the devil's really hammering on me. And you feel like, well, I just don't have the courage to really keep going. I don't really have what's in me to really press on. It's a mental thing, actually. You have it spiritually down there and you need to look in the word of God because that's what's going to open up and tell you, no, there's more there. And so he's just say, hey, re- read this scripture, read that scripture. And he starts to open up. Well, I can do one more. I can do one. I can go another day. I can get through this trial because it's actually just the devil trying to put a little limitation on what you're actually capable of doing spiritually. Amen. So remember the 40% rule in everything you do naturally and spiritually. There's more, you got more there. 
So courage is a trait that maybe some would be would feel is rare. Maybe it's a fringe trait these days. And, uh, you know, as people aren't willing to withstand. But I look at different examples of great courage in the past. And different names came up as you would look at situations that people did. And you look and you're like, wow, you know, they really went to next next level. And you think of people like Abraham Lincoln who really took the took the courage to stay the course and eliminate slavery, which that would have taken a lot of courage to stand where he would have and the opposition that he would have dealt with. There was a, a man who just recently was ro- running and jogging and he saw a, a bus plummet into a, over a, uh, a trolley car actually over a, uh, uh, over a dam and it went into the water and it, uh, it, it dropped in there and he was just running. He jumped in. We didn't even think about it. Just jumped in and he started saving. There was 90 something people in there. He was able to save 20 and it effectively went into a coma for 45 days himself. He just went down. There was just something, something that was there. He didn't even know it was there. Right. Don't even know it's there till you get into a situation Amen. that something starts to pull up within you, a deep courage that you didn't know existed. So sometimes it's the trial that you're going through that God's wanting to pull out of you to let you know you got something deeper than you think. Like, oh, I could never do that. But then you go through something. You, oh, God, why am I going? But he's saying no, because you got something deep down inside your soul. You can do this. Amen. A fellow the name of Roy Benavidez. He was a soldier. He took 37 wounds in a six-hour fight in Vietnam, trying to extract a 12-man troop that was a reconnaissance troop, and they just went it just went bad. And he he jumped on a helicopter that was coming that was just bringing some some reinforcements, and he jumped on on it just to go in. He was at command center. And then he gets dropped in in the next six hours through multiple helicopter crashes and, and, and a six-hour firefight, 37 wounds. And they, he wouldn't even let them pull him off until he knew the last guy that they could get was out. And, just, and also bodies, not even just wounded, but the dead. And he was given a medal of honor for that. Again, something far, far down in the trials of a real deep, very hard situation something starts to well up inside. And I was thinking of our brother Henry Waldner, as I was thinking heroes of our, uh, even right here, right now, going through a deep, deep situation. That's a modern day Cloverdale Bible way hero of courage. Amen. I was thinking about a Ron Spencer who's been preaching for these numerous years now after, after the devil trying to take him away and say, you only got a few months, but something deep down, Starts to well up and say, mm-mm, not happening. He's something, a strength within. That's a spiritual courage within. Stands up and says, I'm fighting this battle, Satan. Amen, Brother Henry, you fight the battle. I was thinking, Brother, Be- Brother Kim is of Beth, as you mentioned her last Sunday, as she took that step by step up as you were doing that hike. I said, that's nothing short of a supernatural courage deep in a heart that can just take one step at a time with the battle raging inside of her body, Satan trying to take her. But that's courage. That's a courage within that wells up. I say, saints, that's inside of you. God might be just molding you a little bit or a certain trial a little bit, but he's finding a courage that he's, Joel, you could actually take that and look back and say, woo, I went through that. I got, I got I'm, I'm, I'm a courageous God charges Joshua to be courageous. We'll go there. That was Deuteronomy. And Joshua, it says, have not I, the Lord, commanded thee. So he charges him in Deuteronomy and then commands him. 
Be strong and courageous. Say, oh, Lord, be strong of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither thou be dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. So it's actually not even an optional characteristic. Uh, It's not optional. (laughs) Not really. We're charged. We're commanded. Say, well, I might not have it. You will. You will when you get there. Amen. Yes, sir. But you know, when you, with, when someone, someone like that soldier that could go and take 37 wounds, and I mean, they were all over. It's because he believed in something. He believed what they were doing was right. And so he was willing to give it all. All the way to the death. All the way. So when truth is at your back, you're willing to go all the way. You're willing to give out everything you've got. Amen? You make sure truth is at your back. Spiritually speaking. Amen? Check and say, what am I actually standing for right now? What am I standing for? Men have died in all these wars because they stood for something, for truth, or what they believed was, whether it was freedom, whatever they were standing for. And then when the spies went into, into, uh, into the land, to spy out the land, and Caleb and Joshua went in there, and Moses said, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether it be wood therein or not, or be, and be of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And so we know this well. Moses had been telling him to go and spy out the land. Go in there, 12 spies, two of them being Joshua and Caleb. And they had to believe that Moses was telling the truth. Way back in Exodus 3, God told Moses, he says, I'll take you to a land of milk and honey. Amen? So Moses knew. God had already told him. But they had to believe what Moses was telling them was truth. That's what they were relying on. Go into the land. Seek it out. This is the land that God has given us. And now they're willing to go in there and start spying out what was going to happen. And it was, so here he goes and deliver, and he's, and we're going to deliver you, which they did. So now part one has happened. I'm going to take you out of Egypt. I'm going to take you out of, out of this land with a mighty hand. And so now that has been vindicated, Moses' word. And now here it is, go spy out the land. So he says, now be courageous. Go out there and find it. And so now they could put their backs against a vindicated word of a prophet because the prophet had spoke to them saying, God's going to bring you out of this land of Egypt. And he did. Now he's saying, now go into the land and spy it out because God's given it to us. It's a land of milk and honey. It's overflowing. It's ours. Go and take a look at it. Bring back some first fruits because it was the land of the first ripe grapes or the time. All right. He told us, he told us a word already. It came to pass. That's a true prophet. He said, go into the land, spy it out. It's going to come to pass. We can be courageous because our back is against truth. What he said came to pass. So I'm going forward, not afraid. Amen. That's where Caleb and Joshua were. So now here they go and they told him and they said, in numbers, we came unto the land whither thou sent us and surely it flowed with milk and honey. So now that they're confirming, once again, the words you spoke are true. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites, and the Canaanites by the sea. And Caleb stilled the people. He says, whoa, 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 hold it now. Moses told us this. He told us that God would bring us out of Egypt, and it came to pass. 
He told us it would be a land flowing with milk and honey, and it came to pass. So what are we worrying about? Be of good courage. It's our land. Oh, oh, you know, people say, no, it ain't happening. Let us go up at once, he says, and possess it. Why not? You can be courageous in the face of the enemy when you know you stand on truth. That's the point. Stand on truth and you can stand toe to toe with the enemy and say, I'm coming. It's mine. He said, possess it and I will. Amen. But if you stand on your own concoction of truth, don't you dare step your toe to the devil because he'll wallop you. But the men went up with him and said, no, we're not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than we. My Two out of 12 of those spies, 16% or so, said that we're able. Caleb and Joshua. And here they come back to the land. It's a good land, but they didn't have the courage to overcome it. Didn't have the courage to overcome it. Because they didn't believe the word they were given. Saints, we've been given a prophet's word. We've been given a word in this day. We can stand on thus saith the Lord, just like Joshua and Caleb, and we can possess the promises of God, for they are true, and they have been vindicated. It's a vindicated word. Just as Joshua and Caleb could stand on that and say, uh, it happened time and time again, so can we stand on a vindicated word, say, this is our land. The word of God's been opened up to us. I'm taking every promise, and the book is mine. Amen. Amen. But Abraham says, I believe we're at the judgment seat, speaking of Kadesh Barnea. He says, we're crossing, crossing over. Let's not make that mistake that they made. He says, they gathered out of each tribe, 12 spies, as we talked about, and they're grasshoppers, they say, doubting God's promise. It's a pleasant land. We can take it, we can't take it because we're too small. But Joshua and Caleb wasn't looking at how big the walls was, how big the man was. They were looking to what God had said. Saints, let's look to what God had said. We've had some services over these last months that have been laying down faith, have been building up your faith, have been bringing us to a point. And I'm just saying, take courage. God's word is not going to fail. We're standing on the true word of God. It don't matter what the circumstance says, just stand strong. He says to you, dear Philadelphian people, regardless of how the wind blows, how it seems this way or that way, how many threats come outside the world, keep your mind on what Jesus said. He gave us a promise. It's already ours. He says, I don't care how great opposition looks. God will fulfill his word. Let's look to the word. It's here for us. Amen. Amen. So no courage if it's false. But if it's true, you can stand really anchored and strong. Amen. And so here. Now, when it's false, let's contradict this or contrast this, I should say. <laughs> Wrong word. <laughs> For we have heard it said just a, just another chapter past Joshua one. He said, well, we've heard how the Lord dried up the water. This is Rahab speaking from the Red Sea. And when he came out of Egypt and what he did to the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, and we are utterly, utterly destroyed. 
And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage. Not a dime of it. The heart melted. There was nothing left. Why? Because they heard a God that was, could hear and answer prayer. A God that could deliver them out of the, the Israelites. What, he, what, what did, they heard the stories and they seen it happen. They heard what happened and it was true. And they're like, oh dear goodness. If that happened there, it can happen here. And there was nothing. What were they standing on? A big mighty fortress. Circumstance looked pretty huge. Right? They could run chariots or whatever across the walls. They should have felt pretty secure. But their hearts melted because there was a God that parted a Red Sea. There was a God that completely destroyed the mighty power of Egypt. And so here Jericho is like, our hearts are gone and our courage is empty. Because they had nothing to back up against. Amen. Satan's got nothing to back up against. He's got a bluff to back up against. So when that's exactly you say, oh, sorry, devil, you just want to hear what's happened. This is what my God did. What, what are you able to do that? His heart will melt because he's got nothing, no truth to stand on. Not an ounce of truth. The father of lies is what he is. So. Why would you want to step into his ring and in his corner? Why stand on his side and, and believe what he's trying to tell you? Why, why do that? Why, why fight for him? Be like, well, this is what the devil's... Why, why would you do that? It's a losing battle. Standing in his ring. Say, mm-mm, I need to switch sides. I need to switch sides on the other side. We heard about on Sunday... As a, as a roaring lion. Did we not hear that? But the lion, as we heard in the last two services, went about roaring. The lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed, as the scripture says. That's the side I want to be on. I want to be on the side where truth prevails. So I can stand with courage and fight and say, mm, devil, your, your heart is melted. Amen? Amen. Courage. God don't want cowards. Don't want cowards. Brother Bram said that. He can't use you if you're afraid to take his word and believe him. He wants gallant men, women. Won't pay attention to nothing but what the Lord says. That's the kind he has to move with. Gallant men and women. We need men of courage. We need women of courage. And you know... Courageous men is not exactly the going trend today. I'm going to stop there for a little bit. Because it's an age of weak-kneed men. Little high-shorted little fruity-tooties running their little little jogging things and pumping their little weights and they're as manly as a paperclip. And that's the age we are in right now. And it's weakening it weakens the people. And far be it that to be in the body of God's people. Amen. So we're just going to knock the devil a little bit and say, not in this body. Not in the body of Christ. We're men. We're men are men. We're manly men of God. Who are courageous men of God. Who take God at his word. A real man. No sissy. He's a man with fortitude. Fortitude is a strength or firmness of mind, courage of soul, which enables this person or this man to encounter danger with coolness. This is fortitude. This is a man. Okay? He can bear pain or adversity 
Murmuring, depression, or despondency. That's, a, that's, a, that's what fortitude means. So strength of mind, that's conviction. You're strong on what you believe. You have principles. That's, that's, this is fortitude. Courage of soul. So we got courage of soul. Spiritual courage. Bearing adversary, adversity, some pain. He's got some strength to endure. This is a man who's got fortitude. And a man is basically a man. When he stands on principle, he's a man when he stands on principle. His convictions has courage to uphold that principle and the strength to sustain the attack against it. Amen. He has fortitude. Amen. That's a man in this day. I'm just going to try and bring some simple definition down to a man. Now, women, on the other hand, that's not how they are. They, they seek to be a, they're more, they're protected. They, they need to be nourished and cherished as we would maybe use some words. That's normal for a woman. But a man, he's, he's out, he's, he, he's ready to take it on. He's a protector. That's what a man is. That's what a man should be. If I preach this out there, I probably wouldn't be too popular and be like, well, that's nothing but the man that I am around. That's what man should be. Man, on the other hand, is designed by God to be a protector, to be a savior for their family, if you will, for their wives, for their children, to provide security, accomplish what's necessary to the well-being of the home, and all that is needed to provide the haven for the woman and children. That's what a man is. But Abraham says he wants men that's got backbone, not wishbone. A man. But if we add in a little bit, you can be all that. It's fine. But if you're not a man that your principles are set in the word of God, you're no man at all. You're no man at all. Because your principles and your conviction need to be founded in the truth. God's word. And that's a true man when you're founded. And so a Christian man is, the, is a man of the word who knows the truth, has convictions about the truth, and they're non-negotiable, non-compromising convictions. And because of those, he's courageous to confront anything that assaults it. This is a man. Amen. And he has a strength to withstand the confrontation. That's manliness. But Abraham says, and you men, that let your wife do a thing like that. Smoke cigarettes. I got a little, res- I got a little respect for you. You know, a man's the head of the house. As long as he takes his place. As long as he takes his place. That's the place a man should be. Head of the house. I'd like to see a man... A man, he says, a man's not judged by how his muscles he got. That's beast. A man's not judged by the brawny muscles, but he's judged by the bags in his knees of his pants where he's been praying. That's what takes a man. I can tell you, brothers, you might not. This takes courage to stand like that kind of man, to live that kind of man's life. I'm just speaking courage today to live a godly example of what a man is today. Because you are getting force fed. Whether it's on a bus stop or an advertisement on your phone or something like that. Something totally different than that. Totally different. Some weak need perverted thing. That's a man. That's what God wants. A conviction deep in our heart and soul. I said let's raise up and make sure men of God. That's exactly where we stand. A man is character. Not beast, but Abraham says, but character. I've seen men that's weighed 200 pounds, not an ounce of man in them. Amen? Character. Nothing to do with your size and shape. It has everything to do with what's inside. Head of your home. 
even as Christ is the head coming from Scripture. Listen here, the man is a ruler. Don't you think he'll rule, you'll rule the house? You're not the ruler of the house. You're absolutely, he says, you're not a slave. Now he's speaking to about the women. He says, but you're a helpmate. The man has the rule over his wife and he's responsible solely for his wife. God t- makes the man answer for his wife. That's what he says. Ephesians, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. There, and he is a savior of the body. Therefore, the church is subject unto Christ. So let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Scripture lays it out. Men, take your position as head of your home. Amen? As Christ is head of the church. Amen? How Christ leads the church? Not with a brute fist. Not with an iron club. So does men of God that are courageous stand and lead a home as head as Christ leads the church. Govern the home and is responsible. You know that a man is doubly better. Brown said he's guilty of double when he lets his wife do something out of order. He says, and by the way, a man that lets his wife do that, he's guilty of double. Because he's supposed to be the one that has the say-so in the house. Heavy responsibility. Men, fathers, husbands, young men to be fathers. If the Lord would tarry this on your shoulders, that's why you want to be a God-filled, courageous man of God. Because you're going to stand responsible for everything your wife and family does. That's a heavy responsibility, man. I know you probably didn't expect this tonight. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor, respect, reverence, and esteem is what that honor means. Honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. My, there's a connection there, brothers, with how you actually treat your wife, giving honor unto her as the weaker vessel and being heirs together in the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. All turmoil and whatever in the home and you're not treating each other well and then you're thinking you're going to go to pray and have everything answered. I think we maybe get the home in order first. And then you go to prayer. When there's love and unity in that home. Amen. And you claim to be, he says, a son of God. Where's your principles? If the woman ain't out of her place, uh, is out of her place, aren't you a son of God? The one that's, and you're the one that's higher or stronger vessel, as the Bible says. Then you show yourself a man of God. Tell her, he says, sister, you're wrong. That's right, I've done it. Another Christian has done it. And you'll always do it as long as you're a Christian, but show yourself you're a son of God. You're having, you'll have, you'll have to have more power over yourself than the woman does. If she's weaker, recognize her to be that. Understand her mistakes and things and try to correct her sister. We're Christians. We shouldn't do that. Be a real man, a son of God, and watch the woman. That's your place, men. Manliness, courage, and a courageous man is going to stand on truth. On the word of God. That's scripture and this message. You can't be quiet. Can't be quiet. These are our homes. Because if our homes are out of order. Then I would ask. How is your prayers going? If that home is out of order. Because here your prayer can be hindered. When you're home. Giving, don't giving a right honor in your home. And not having, having a fresh unity in your home. God help us now. To always be right online. Honor and respect your wife. Good woman is a jewel in a man's crown. She should be honored, but our brethren said. Amen. 
He says, but if they can respect what God made them, a motherhood, a real queen, she's one of the best things God give a man, was a wife besides salvation. She's the best thing if she's a good wife. My, if she's not, there's other things scripture says about that. But if you've got a good wife, brother, you ought to respect her with the highest. Lord, help us. Lord, forgive us. All of us brothers that have wives and brothers that are going to have wives, respect her with the highest because God esteems her right next to salvation. We provide for her. Scripture says, for no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. Amen. But Abraham says, now, if a man is sick, he can't work and so forth. He goes, but if she's going out to work just to have a little extra money, he says, mm, you better keep her away from that scallywag bunch is what he says. He says her place there is in the home. But he, said, he goes, and mister, you might call yourself ever so good, but you've got lodges and other things that calls you away from her at night. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. God gave you a home to cherish and comfort and things like that. He says, it's a shame to see the way a man does their wives and wives do men. Womanhood, fatherhood, the nation is torn to pieces. This is a prophet speaking to a nation saying, Lord, I'm just saying to, in our, as a man, as a courageous man of God, brothers, our home, brother, scripture says to cherish and nourish. And brother Bram's talking about just going out and, hey, I got to go with the boys out here. I got to do this out here. Yeah, I'll be out there later tonight. And going one way and a wife going the other way. That's wrong. That's going to break your home down. You be a man's man. You, you brought, you took her to your side. She's your helpmate. And you bring her close to you. You nourish her. You cherish her. You build your home up in the admonition of Christ. Not going one way or the other. And that's what brother Bram's talking about. Men of courage. You're a protector. Daddies, husbands, you're a protector. Sometimes, Brother Brown says, I preach pretty rough. I see somebody getting out of line. You see, you're supposed to do that. A real daddy will. Why he'd shake you and say, here, get back in line. He's a real, true father because he's a watchman of the home. Don't just let things go by, daddies. You're like, oh, something just, yeah, well, just, you know, let her go. No, you're a watchman. Watchman looking in the home saying, ah, something's coming into my home. I'm going to deal with that right there. Lord, give me wisdom and discernment. Something's trying to enter my home right here. You're a watchman to protect your home. Sometimes your pastor has to weigh down something. Just love him that much more because he's a real father to you. That's what he's saying. Trying to keep you lined up. My. Amen. These are, this is, these are just aspects of scripture skimming through that makes a man a man of God to take care of his home and be a man of courage in this day. I can tell you right now, it takes a whole heap and load of courage to do all that in your home today. It sure does, brothers. Oh my. (laughs) Satan's fighting every aspect against it. Every aspect against it. See, what better am I going? These are just pretty common scriptures. You know, we know all this. Yeah, put it into action. Put it into action is a whole little different story. And you'll find though your home will be totally different. Totally transformed when you as a man take your place as a courageous man of God. Amen. I'm not saying you're not. I'm just saying, you know, tighten up the belt. Lord, wherever we may be, that's who I am. You say, I'm doing that. I'm a courageous man of God. Now, don't think for a moment you're like well I'm not courageous like that I don't you know I'm not strong and mighty Uh (laughs) uh-huh 
Well, I'm just a lady. I'm just this daughter of God. I'm not bold. You know, I'm not to be like a protector, like a man. How can I be courageous? Well, you know, the scripture says, who can find? You know that word virtuous? It's actually the Hebrew word there is the same word valor and strength. Actually, army and battle. That's where that word actually is called, actually called keil in Hebrew. And it's strength of mind. Well, it means valor, virtue, and strength. Strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to encounter danger and firmness. Great courage in face of danger. The qualities of a hero or heroine. Exceptional or heroic courage. Let me just go back there. Sorry, it's speaking of a woman. Who can find a virtuous, a woman that has valor, that has virtue, that has strength, that is courageous like a heroine? Yes. You can be a courageous woman in this day. You're in the battle too. (laughs) It ain't just the brother's battle. You're fighting as well. You're fighting as well. You're in the battle. And my oh my, if the brothers are under attack, so are you. Big time. Big time. To tear everything that God has put into a woman to the ground. You're, You're in a battle. Perverted. The whole whole woman is being perverted. Her role. Everything. And I'd be careful as we've talked about truth. What you're following. What social media trend you're following. What's influencing you to do a certain certain dress. Or a certain uh, way you handle yourself. Or the way you communicate. Or what you're saying and what you're doing. I'd be careful what truth you're following. Because it's taking away from who God has made you to be. And going to tear down from that virtuous woman of who you should be. Amen. Now. Just briefly David had. But Abraham says he had many wives and he's speaking, he's speaking and choosing of a bride. And he's tight, showing the type between God. He was like the body of believers and is the bride of Christ. Calls it she, the woman. He was the man, Christ. Now we were made for Christ. Christ wasn't made for us. We are the bride of Christ. We were made for him. And Abraham is typing. He goes, Christ. He goes, that's what we're trying to do today in our textbooks is try to make the word, which is Christ, suit us. Well, you know, and try to make the word, you know, suit what I want to do and bend it to our own truth. And he's saying, "Mm -mm, that's not how it works. We were made for him. All right. And so he's just saying that's that he goes, instead of us trying to make ourselves suit the word, that's the difference. And so he's speaking about a woman that's made for her husband. She's made for him. Amen. But Abraham says in the time had come for Abraham. He says, my, I got to decide. I need a wife for my son, Isaac. And he waited 25 years and he received him from the dead. Know that he was called. And he said there was a time when he had to make the decision who would be his helpmate. And here's what he said next for you sisters. To carry on the plan of God. You are a helpmate to carry on the plan of God in that son of God's world. That's who you are. This is no substandard position. I don't do this. That's, it's the world that's trying to make men, men high and women low or women high, men low and all this garbage. But God has put her beside you, man, to be a helpmate, to carry on the plan of God. There ain't no lower aspect there. That is right beside him as a help vessel so that he can actually get to the end. Without you, he can't do it. You're there to help him make the plan of God come to fruition. 
not second rate, and neither are you treated as such. You are to help your husband and carry that plan of God. Amen. Just as Christ's bride must express and carry on his works. He through us so that we can express him and fulfill his purpose here on earth. That's exactly the spiritual type of the natural. Amen. But her brother says, my, he says, I guess your sweetheart came too. He's speaking to her brother. I feel, I know you feel that way about her. She's still your sweetheart. And that's the way I know we all, us Christians feel about our wives or our sweethearts. I hope that never changes in my family and never changes in your family that we can always feel that way. After all, they stand side by side with us to help us fight these battles. So who's fighting together? Together. Men of courage and women of courage. Amen. It's just about knowing your position and knowing where you need to be. Because in position, you're a unified, mighty army. Out of position, ain't going to work out. You'll be constantly under battle and defeated. Amen. Pure, chaste, modest, meek, quiet spirit. First Peter says, while they behold your chaste conversation, coupled with fear. This is a sister. Continues on. But let it be hidden. The hidden man of the heart, the inner realm, the soul realm, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. Brother Branham says, oh, I hate, he goes, oh, he goes, I hate the word he's talking about an actor. He says, some sisters do the same thing. He goes, a lot of acting. Oh, they'll cut their husband's nose off with, John, why did you do that? Just as snappy as can be. I'm just copying what Brother Branham. <laughs> exactly. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? What is this? What is that? He just snap, 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 snap. And then he says, you know, the phone rings. Oh, hello. How are you doing? So Brother Branham does. <laughs> he says, oh, my. He says, actors, shame on you. Women of courage, that's not to be. Amen. Our homes, that's not a strong home. Amen. But this is just a little bit of bringing ourselves back in line. If I want me to read the quote, he says, house angels and road devils. That's what he says. He says, just be yourself all the time. Amen. Meek, quiet, humble. Amen. Contrite spirit. Amen. Motherhood, she's a keeper of the home. She's feminine. She's in the beauty of holiness. God made you to be feminine. Embrace it. He made you that way. Amen. He made you to be want to be pretty and a lady. And all this garbage outside is trying to tear that away from you. But God made you that way. My. You know, like the rest of the guys who want to be burly or something like that. You're not that. And don't be that. You know, the scripture says, though, as you just read, this woman, who can find? If we just put it there, that should tell you that this is actually a very rare person. Who can find? We're trying to search her out. Where is this person? I can tell you in seven billion there's very few. But a courageous woman of God, that's where you'll find her. You'll find her in the body of Christ. Young men, don't you go out there looking at who knows who. You look at this body of Christ because she's a woman of courage that's upholding the word of God. And you want a home with that young lady at your side. You're looking outside, looking for some floozy whatnot on social media and all whatever. 80,000 pictures before she put the perfect one on. No, you look for a young lady, wholesome, Holy Ghost filled, and she'll lead your home. All the way to rapture. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. And the heart of her husband does safely trust in her. So that she'll have no need of spoil. It is quite a scripture. 
And I won't go through all of Proverbs 31. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. My, she looketh well into the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. She's a doer. If you read Proverbs 31, sisters, that woman of virtue, she's quite a mighty woman of valor. She's industrious. She's a keeper of her home. It doesn't mean you sit there and twiddle thumbs. There's a lot of doing at home. That's a woman of virtue, a woman of courage. And her, her children arise up and call her blessed. And her husband also. And he praises her. What a woman this is. This is you. Women of courage. Women of valor. Like Ruth. Who was willing to let it all go and turn her back. That same word, Kail, is used with Ruth. Boaz says, and now my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requires. For all the city of my people doth know. That thou art a virtuous woman. That's the same word. A woman of valor and strength. A woman of courage. That's what Boaz was seeing in Ruth. And that's what you young men would want to see in a young woman. As Boaz saw in Ruth. You are a woman of virtue. You're a woman of valor. Why? She had something deep and down. I mean, he had known what she had done. She had left it all behind. Ruth had put it on the ground. She had showed who she was. Amen. She was tried and true and tested. My, she'd said, Lord, your God be my God. I'm going to, if I, if you, where you die, I'm going to die. I'm going to be buried where you buried. She was a woman of courage. I can tell you that. Amen. That's who you want to be like sisters. I was looking at the scripture. I was thinking woman of courage. My goodness. And I came across, my mind came across Jael. I was like, well, now that's a woman of courage. Yes. My goodness. You know, though, I just, I was thinking about it and here she was hearing the battle. Uh, bear with me here. She was just in, in hearing, obviously, the battle. She was from the Kenites. And uh, Israel, they were, if you go in the history of it, she was, you know, they were kind of aligned with Israel. And it doesn't really say exactly, uh, you know, if they served the God. But here she was outside of her tent. And uh, and Jabin, uh, Hazor, and, and Sisera, they were uh, together. And, and so there was some... Sisera uh, basically felt that they were, you know, allies, more or less. So this is why he went to her tent. He was running away because he was the last man standing in a, in a battle where that he lost. And so Sisera is running, running through the hills as fast as he can to escape. And he comes across JL's tent. And then here she is obviously outside and maybe she's looking. Maybe there's some Israelites or something she could help. I don't know why she's out there, but she's looking for, see what's going on. Cause obviously she knew battle was happening. And here he comes running up to her tent. Now this is a woman of courage. This is a woman of courage. And here she brings him into, his, into her tent. And feigns like everything's all well and fine. Who come into the tent? And she gives him his his drink of of <laughs> milk uh, instead of water. And lay he lays down, and she covers him with this with this uh, with a mantle. And here she was. And now I just I was pondering this. I says, my goodness, here she was, oh, pretty much luring the enemy into her household and saying, all right, I know exactly who you are. You haven't you haven't you know fooled me. 
And this is a woman of courage. This is like a husband that is looking out for his home as a protector. So does the mama. So does a wife be looking out in her home saying, mm-mm, what's happening with Johnny here, Susie? And she can see, okay, I see where you're coming. Just She just gets everything set up and figure them out, get them all in a corner. And there she goes, gets them all set down. And here was her enemy now. Now it was time to take courage. And she takes a nail and a hammer and drives him through the brains and nails him to the floor. That's some serious courage. Come on, saints, put yourself there. Dear goodness. That was, that took some serious nerve to do that. But I tell you, sisters, that's the same nerve that God gives you. He gives you that same courage. You take it in your home and drive the nail through some demon that's trying to enter your home. You be a JL. You take God at his word. That's exactly what you do. Don't be fooled. You say, all right, I know where you're coming. I can see what you're trying to do. Trying to influence my daughter here. And then take the word of God and nail him to the ground. Actually, the scripture next says she nailed him and then she cut his head off. Yeah. So she made sure. Like she needed to, but she did. My. She needed some divine power to do that. And so will you need divine courage to do what you need to do to take the enemy out. Amen. Oh, I just can't, I just, I just can't even imagine that moment. What if her hand shook her? You know, like so many things could have gone wrong. So many things could go wrong. That's why you need discernment when you're dealing with this situation. You say, my, so many things could go wrong. What if I say the wrong thing here? Oh, God, help me say the right word. Help me help me say it in love and help me say that. Because so many things could spin off and cause some, some bad reaction. That's the natural. That's the spiritual. But she did it effectually. Amen. Sisters, Satan's out to destroy true womanhood. True motherhood. Nail her to the ground. Him to the ground. Amen. And let truth march on. My. Right. We'll close up here. Courage. It's not usually though what you always think as we've been saying. You know, we think this daring and brash boldness and such. But you know, Brother Branham says Peter had a sword. And he was going to cut the high priest's ear off. But you know, he goes, when it comes to real Christian courage... He didn't have it. That's his words. You're like, what? Peter didn't have real Christian courage? So Brother Brown just said, so don't get mad at me. Here he had a sword. He backed up and denied him. He cut the priest's ear off with his sword. Sure, he knew how to handle it. But when it come to the squeeze and the time to stand on the word of God, he didn't have the courage and even denied he'd know Jesus. Ooh. When it came down to the squeeze, where are we at, saints of God? When it come down to a squeeze to stand on the word of God, he didn't have the courage. My goodness. He goes, that's where it is today. We got courage to build things and put millions of dollars here. Courage to put pipe organs and plush seats and everything go out. Proselyte from place to place. Make a Methodist. Come Baptist. So forth. Back and forth like this. But when it comes to Christian courage, accept the word, the message of God and stand there on it. We are few. This is Brother Branham. Catch it. But when it comes to Christian courage, accept the word. The message of God and stand there on it. It had nothing to do. Peter actually was trying to cut off an ear and protecting that. Actually, and Brother Bram says that wasn't courage at all. But it was recognizing the word being manifest in his day and standing there on it. He ran away and denied it. What, what do we see as over these many years? You say, whew, 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 
people go out. Oh, but they were, you know, they at once stood there, cut off, you know, defend. No, no, no. But when the, really, when it came down to it, they actually missed the manifestation of the word in our day. That's true courage. When it come down to real down inside of him, courage, he didn't have it. Speaking of Peter still, no, he didn't have it. When he seen the word, now I'm going to get religious. He said, when he had seen that word made manifest and know that that was the day for it to be there and seen it proved exactly. Hello, saints. Has that happened again in this day? Let's just put it to now. And it proved exactly what God said it would do. And then with all this intellectual strength, with all his physical being, and he just lets that trail off. He goes, that's the way it is today. Men who just walk up, put their name on a book, shake hands with the minister. And when it comes to standing in the office and the boss passes a drink, oh, they'll take it because they're afraid of their job. Now it gets down into our everyday living. The courage to stand on the word of God. And here now he's just speaking about maybe maybe not really showing exactly and having courage to stand on God's word and show that you are are of a of a Christian and in God's field in your heart. He's saying they're at work, you know. And he goes, it comes to paying your tithes in church. You're afraid to do it because you're afraid to starve to death, even though God promised He'd take care of you. He goes all these things when you come to church, then the Holy Spirit falls amongst the people, and something in your heart says, "This is it. That's the word." He says, when you see the baptism and everything brought out of the word and you're afraid to take it, what's the matter? He says, you're lacking courage. You're lacking spiritual courage to stand up. That's real courage. That's real courage is when you can see God moving and the word moving amongst us. And you can say, hey, that's it. That's the word. But you're not able to actually step forward and take it. He says, that's lacking courage. Lord, fill our hearts. Someone may be on that little edge there. Seeing God move. Seeing the testimonies of, of God moving here. Brother, Mike and Sister Debbie, the testimony just thrilled my heart to, to hear God move. Because I prayed. I said, oh God, I'm expecting a testimony of what you've done. We put out many prayers and we're believing. I'm expecting to hear tonight something you're doing amongst us. And Brother Mike and Sister Debbie's testimony came in the back room. I said, that's our God. Amen. And that's the courage to actually say, God's moving in our midst. And that's, that's what I want to stand for. God give you courage. Amen. True blue courage. Recognize the word as truth and stand up for it. That's courage. Amen. Man, brother Daniel, I just heard your amen. Good to see you. You thought we would forgot that. Amen. Mm -mm, Not happening. God bless you. Amen. As we close here, brother Bram says, put the put the whole armor of God. He says, a believer on Christ followed him hour by hour, but he'd only seen the word by letter. Now he's taught, this is now taking this quote of Peter saying he didn't have courage, didn't see the word when he saw the word may manifest and he, and he, deni- and he denied it. But brother, he says, brother, after Pentecost, after when God came down and filled his soul after something happened, after they tarried and they waited day one, day two, day three, day seven, day nine, day ten. After that time, he says, oh my, a believer on Christ followed him by hour by hour, but he'd only seen the word by letter then. He'd only seen it manifested, but now it was in him. 
Now it was in him. It wasn't just before him watching it happen, but something happened when the new birth strikes your soul and the fire of God falls in. Now it's inside you. Amen. He said the word of God, fiery word, burning his own flesh. Amen. You didn't have to worry about whether you had courage or not because when the moment came and they busted out them doors, you bet Peter had courage all with the uh, them 11 and he started preaching forth the gospel and here we stand on Acts 2.38 because of his sermon that he came because God did something. My goodness, a denier at one time, but a spiritual man of courage after God got a hold of his heart. Amen. Yes, sir. When it comes to part of you, something changes. Something changes. I'm going to close here because if I don't, I'll keep a few more pages. So musicians, why don't you come now? You know, it takes courage to accept Christ. It takes courage to accept Christ. I wonder how many have right been on that edge over the many, many years and just couldn't couldn't make that step. And as Brother Bram says, they see it. They see the word manifest, but they can't come into an experience and stand for it and say, God, that's what I want. And then be like a Peter who's now burning from the inside out. He says, Brother Bram says, well... He says, would there be in this divine presence some sinner that would say, I want to love him, Brother Branham. Truly I do. I've always wanted to. I wish I had the courage tonight to receive him as my Savior. He says, wouldn't you raise your hand? He says in that quote, he goes, oh, he goes, it took courage to raise that hand. My. He said, Lord. He says, God, be merciful to me. Say, as you raise your hand, I believe. I believe the Holy Spirit led me. God bless you, sir. That might have took a lot of courage to do that. But it's the greatest thing you ever done. I don't know where. I don't know where. This is just a little bit of a wrap-up service on truth and the courage to stand for it. But I'm praying tonight. I've just been so burdened in my heart just seeing what God has, what God has been doing amongst the people, whether it be in charging our faith to, to for healing for the needs in our body, or whether it just be see just people growing cool and falling away or whichever, I said, Lord, would you just instill a new found level of spiritual courage that we could stay in our places? Our women will be women, our men will be men of God, and we'll stand and accept the word for this day, and we are not going to step out of that. And we're going to take you at your word. And if there's some little prick in your heart, Lord, would you drop courage into your heart? You say, Lord, I want that. And if it just takes a little, sometimes it just takes a little push to really just to step over that little edge. You say, Lord, I need you. I want, give me the courage tonight just to say, Lord, I want you as my savior. I want you as my savior. You know, I was, I pondered that as we just close. And you can have all... Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to wait. And I thought I had just the next little part was the courage to wait. The scripture says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And sometimes we're waiting in this time as God has moved and He's dealt and you've anchored some faith down and you've made a move and you're just waiting and you're sitting that time and it's hard to wait. Humans don't like to wait. Saying, Lord, I'm needing you. I, I, I've put something out there. And I've, I've prayed for it. 
And I said, Lord, give us courage now to wait as we wait on him. And you know, we, people, they have a hard time waiting because it's unknown. Something's unknown in the future. And so they get unsettled. But we are not in an unknown. The promise has been given. We know what the, we know what the promise says that you believed on, whether it's healing, whether it's a son or daughter, whether whatever the need is, the promise is true. We went through that and this is, the word is true. And so there's no unknown. So in our waiting, we can be settled and we wait on him. And we keep our eyes focused on him, not on the circumstance. And so therefore then our faith actually, as the scripture says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And so your strength and your courage in that time doesn't actually wane. It doesn't actually diminish as you're like, well, Lord, I'm waiting. It actually gets renewed every day as you wait on him, as you pray, as you seek his face, as as you lay it at his feet, say, Lord, I'm trusting in you. And so as you wait on him, your strength is renewed daily. Amen. That's what the scripture says. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But it's they that wait upon the Lord renews their courage. It renews that strength within them. And so Lord, as we are in these times, as the Lord has been moving and we've been putting our hands on what God has has said, maybe an anchor, a promise or something that you've done, you just said, Lord, that's for me. I laid it down on that service there. I, I put a stake down there on that service there. I say, have courage and now wait. Have courage and wait on him because in his time, it will come to pass. Amen. Let's stand. I was thinking of a... In battle, when they would put the line, and they'd have a line up of battle, and you'd be in the front lines, and the, the soldiers would be coming at you. And then the general would be saying, just wait, just hold. You'd be more like yelling it. Hold. Just, just, right? There was a moment when there was a go time. There was a moment, the right moment for the strategy to come to full effect. For, the, for exactly what the general wanted to happen. And so he's just saying, wait, hold. And you could be in there and you're just like the enemy's coming right at you. It's almost like he's breathing on you. And he's just saying, just hold. It's when he says. And when he says, go. Then the army let loose. And then the, then the victory or the battle was engaged. Wait for his time. Wait for his go. God sets that in your heart. He's got the exact timing. And maybe it just might be a little, maybe it's just where now you feel like you're just in that hold. As the general saying, just hold, just wait. Say, Lord, give me the courage to hold that line as I see the enemy coming, but I'm holding my line. I ain't moving. I ain't stepping aside. I ain't getting all jittery. I don't know what's going on here. No, just hold the line. He knows what's going on. Stay in position. We don't need ranks to be, I'm, I'm scared what's going on. This person goes off, that person goes. Hold the line. Have courage as you wait. He's the general. We're just standing there front lining. Ready with our armor. Ready for that moment. Because when he says go. Go. Then we'll, then we'll engage in battle. And the victory will be won. Because he's the general. Not any of us. Amen. I want to sing tonight. Fourth man in the fire. So you're going to have to help me. So you're going to have to find another drummer. Amen. It took courage to stand there. That's fourth. That's three men. 
I, I, I enjoy getting into the picture. I enjoy getting in the picture as what it felt like as you were getting, if you were getting hauled up, as you stood with courage, say, I ain't going to bow. I ain't going to bend. But they were ready to burn. They were ready to burn. That's courage. That's godly courage. I went into the martyrs, different ones, two little ladies. Oh my goodness. God give us courage like that. And they stood. One, one sister, excuse me, she was giving birth. She had a, she was eight months pregnant and she was travailing, not in birth, but because if they delayed her martyrdom because she was pregnant and they, she wouldn't get to give her life with the rest of the saints she was with. And she was anguished that she was going to be delayed in giving her life. Because of the baby, she still, they wouldn't execute at this time a pregnant sister. And she prayed and she gave birth within the next day or so. And the baby was taken and she went and gave her life brutally with the saints. That's courage. God, here she was saying, I'd hold God, I want to give my life with the saints that I've been with. That I've upheld before you. The true gospel. I will just just make a sacrifice to the emperor. Just one of them. They bring in their parents. They bring in their daddies. They bring in their, their family. Just please don't do this. Why? Just, just one little sacrifice here. And it'll all be gone. And you can leave. Just one little thing. It takes courage. Another realm of courage. When you're in that realm. In that aspect. God. When you're like Peter. Who had the fire of God burning inside of you. It will be there. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I just worry about, Lord, I'm standing on truth. I'm standing on your word. I've had, when, when you called and beckoned my heart, my hand went up in the air. I laid my life down on the altar. I was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the moment comes, as the songwriter penned down, when that moment comes and you might need to step into the fire, it don't matter. Because the courage you need is there. Amen. It's already inside of you. Don't be wondering and, oh man, am I going to do it? You will. And you are. You're standing right now. The moment matters. What matters most is that you're standing in truth when that time comes. Amen. Let's sing that song. Oh, the moment. There's nothing to be done My accuser stands before me And there's nowhere left to run So it ends this way There's nothing more to say I will pay the price and give my life for the choice that I have made. Between the flames 
stepped into that fiery flame. God, he said he waited. Brother Brown said, God waits. He waits. And he waited just until they went right into that fiery furnace. And boom, he was on the scene. Amen. He just waits. Sometimes you're like, oh God, I am literally in the flames right now. I'm tipping over and I'm feeling the heat. And boom, there he's there. Amen. He waits. Have courage, saints. Wait a little bit. Renew your strength in the Lord. Because at the moment that you need him the most, that's when he's there. Daniel was in the lion's den. God waited and he waited and he waited and Daniel's being lowered down. He waited. I can imagine. Lions roaring. And at the moment, boom, the pillar of fire was in there and it was all quiet. Why? The fourth man was on the scene. They had courage to stand until and God showed up. Amen. Have courage, saints, until and God will show up. I gotta sing that again. I saw the fourth man. I saw the fourth man. Father, I am so thankful that we have a fourth man. Lord, they weren't left all alone. Those Hebrew boys, as they stood on what they knew to be truth. Lord, they were anchored firm on what you had, what they had been taught. What their fathers and their mothers had taught them, Lord. As those, those princes of Israel had been brought into, into captivity. And Lord, they were in a foreign land. They were in a wicked place. But Lord, they had mamas and daddies. Daddies that could show them the true way of God. That prayed with them. That showed them scripture. So that in the time of need, when they were in that fiery furnace situation, they knew a God that answered their prayer. So they weren't, they weren't scared. They didn't have a worry. They just stood courageous. Oh God. But they knew there was a God that could meet them in the furnace. But yet, they said, if you did not, we still won't bend. Lord, they left it in your hands. They didn't hold you to it. But they said, whatever our God wants to do, we'll serve him anyhow. Lord, may that be the courage in our hearts tonight. Lord, as we leave this little church service, that our courage would be renewed. For Lord, the battle for truth rages. But we'll stand sure on the word of God. And Lord, we'll fulfill the position as we've heard over these last weeks. The purpose that you have for us to fulfill with courage and standing. So God, I commit this little group of people, Lord, to you. And if anybody, Lord, Lord, is on that little edge, they say, oh God, I want to have the courage. I really want to have the courage to serve you. I just need, Lord, that courage to put up my hand. May they do so tonight. Lord, you see the hand if it goes up. I'm not even looking. But Lord, may you give them courage tonight to lift up that hand in a supernatural act. And Lord, in a moment, you can save their heart and fill them with the fire of God like you did Peter. We believe, Lord Jesus, that's the services that we believe for. That you change hearts, you deliver souls. 
Lord, we, if we didn't believe for that, Lord, we're just men most miserable. But we believe a God that can move amongst us and is doing mighty works as you prepare us for a homecoming rapture. So God, we give ourselves to you. Lead us this week, I pray. Take your people in your hands. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. Can we sing one more song? I want to sing the battle is the Lord's. I'm so thankful for a Holy Ghost filled songwriter. I know, Brother Ryan, you're, you're probably hearing me. So I'm glad. I'm thankful for you. And happy that Brother Andrew's here to help me sing it. Here, let's sing this one. There's a source as we, as we, as we go. There is in time of need. Amen. That gives me hope. That gives me peace.
face. Take courage for the battle is the Lord. That's a good scripture to end on. God be with you. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.